What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Linz, what do you got? All right, so the Wendy's French fries that you're used to are about to be a thing of the past. I know last Friday we did this whole French fry ranking thing, which carried on long into the weekend because people were irate about those rankings. But I don't remember where Wendy's ranked on that list. But it either was way, not as high as we we all thought Wendy's fries should have been higher, as I recall. Well, I've got news for you guys because yes. they have officially changed the recipe, launching what it calls the new hot and crispy fries nationwide. And to celebrate, Wendy's is giving away free food from nuggets to burgers to chicken sandwich every Friday this month of October. All customers who purchase a medium hot and crispy fry, they're going to get different Friday freebies. Like, get it Friday? Yeah, yeah, yeah I get it. I got yeah, it. Yeah, okay. I, I, I All right. So, that. <laughs> so, will you guys make a special trip to Wendy's to try their new fries and maybe even get one of these freebies? Well, maybe if I end up going to golf and stuff, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, but that's Norwalk Saturday. slash that's Downey, tomorrow. then that's... maybe I can do a little drive through at Wendy's. No, 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 no good, George. No good. No. Because you're going on Saturday with the kids. This is a Friday thing. This is a oh, well, the, yeah, free, no. the free stuff is, but you could still at least try the new fries. You could try no. the fries on any day. Yeah, yeah. you could. Cap, um, into the, trying the new fries? Let me tell you something. Um, I haven't been to a Wendy's, in, and I, I actually know exactly where I was the last time I was at a Wendy's. It was about two years ago. I went into this Wendy's, and I got a double cheeseburger. And Wendy's does a really nice double cheeseburger because they've got the square burgers. But then they go lettuce, tomato, onion, pickle, ketchup, mustard, mayo. So they put everything on it. And I'll tell you right now, um, I'm more partial to stop at an In-N-Out if I were going to get a burger. But Wendy's does do a damn good burger for a fast food burger. I will acknowledge that. I like Wendy's. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't dislike Wendy's. Like I like Wendy's, you know, back when in the day, uh, when Dave, right. Dave was Dave the, Thomas, was the, Dave Thomas, right. When he right. was alive, like they very much took a lot of those things very seriously. You know what I mean? Like now it's, you know, he's not around anymore and it's, you know, more of a corporation, less of a family owned business. Right. But, um, it is, you know, I feel like they do a good job. Like I'm, you know, it's not, I feel like all every fast food restaurant for the most part does something right is the way I would say it. <laughs> now it's not my, you know, I, I don't do as much fast food as I used to. I'm also 44 years old. It's probably not super great to be doing fast food very regularly. Like I was when I was in my twenties. Um, but it, it, every once in a while, like when I take the kids, I will absolutely sneak something in. There's no question. Well, then, you know, forget about the, the fry the fry on Friday and all the free stuff on Friday. Go yeah. try the new fry manana. Okay. Sabado. And, and please Sabado. report back and let us know how they are. All right. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from when the, wherever you are. So, real quick, before I get to the calls, because we've got people chiming in on what the hell I should do with my kids this weekend because my wife is gone and I got to, uh, you know, figure it out for two days. Well, I mean, she's not really days. gone. She's just going to a spa, you know? Right, she's going away for the weekend. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I mean, but I mean, she's gone. Like, she's not here to help me, so I got to, you know, in essence, she's gone. I mean, she's still here though. Not like gone, like gone forever. Yes, he, she's, <laughs> she's, she's just leaving for a few days. Yes, um, on, on, you know, something that I uh, arranged. Uh, you know, so yes, um, darling. By the way, very sweet of you. Thank you, I appreciate that. But the, um, so we'll get to those calls in a second. But real quick, I ran into Bill Plaschke. In, uh, in the men's room, actually, at the TV mm. building earlier today when I was getting ready to do the jump and he was getting ready to do Around the Horn. And we were talking about all sorts of stuff. We are talking about the Dodgers, talking about, you know, whatever, the USC, you know, the Rams. We, I love talking to Bill because we can literally in, like, five minutes talk about, like, 17 different things. 
Um, and we were talking about SC, and I was we were talking about the coach situation. He and I agreed. I think the guy they're going to go after is James Franklin. Um, he is he is he was the first name that came up, and then you kind of went away, and you've heard fifty million other names. But I get the sense that he was a guy they've been targeting. They've been to- he was the name that came up when people thought they were going to fire Clay last year, and or the year before that, I guess. And I, I still think that there's a reason for that because there's got to be interest. I think there's got to be some semblance of mutual interest because as much as Penn State is cool and it's great and he's resurrected that program, and let's not forget he had a crazy good run at Vanderbilt, of all places, in the SEC before that. I think that guy can win anywhere. Um, so he's good, but I think SC fans are down on him because, you know, Clay and Darnold beat him in a Rose Bowl game, which is silly. It has nothing to do with it. But I think people are down on him because they just think that, ah, Big Ten, blah, blah, blah. But let me tell you something. The Big Ten has had to deal with Ohio State every year, and he's been right there in that mix. He's won the Big Ten. Um, you know, USC hasn't won the Pac-12 in a while. He's won it more recently. He's won his conference more recently than uh, than USC has. And, you know, there's no Ohio State in the uh, in the big, in the Pac-12. Let me ask you this, though. And I'm being totally serious because here's what we do in Southern California. We think everybody wants to come here. We think everybody wants to live here. And we think everybody wants to play or coach on all of our teams. Okay. So when you're going from Vanderbilt to Penn State or Vanderbilt to USC, that's a big jump. I don't care that Vanderbilt plays in the SEC. They're a bottom feeder in that conference. So that's a stepping stone job. You're never going to win it all at Vanderbilt. So explain this to me. Other than money, what would be the attraction to leave Penn State and come to USC? I just gave you the attraction. I don't, you don't have it. Ohio. You don't have Ohio State there. Now, granted, Oregon is building something pretty fascinating with Mario Cristobal, but they're not Ohio State where they're like a factory. You know? I agree. I agree. They're not Ohio State. But I, but I'm, forget about the competition for just a second. Well, I think that's a big part of it. Okay, so it's... I'll, you have I'll an easier it, path to win. Okay, but I'll put that in one bucket. I'll, I'll put in one bucket over here, lesser competition in the Pac-12 than there is in the Big Ten. Will we agree on that? Yes. Okay, that's in one bucket. But now tell me this. Is, is going from Penn State to USC a big jump forward in his career? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that both are blue blood type programs. Here's what I could tell you, George, that it, at Penn State, every time they play a home game, it doesn't matter who they play. They will have 100,000 people at every single game. Sure. That's one. Two. Okay. Um, Penn State is a little tiny town. It is not Philadelphia. It is not New York. No, it's it in is the not a major metropolis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it is certainly not LA. Yeah. The football coach at Penn State is the mayor of the town. He can do no wrong. Yeah. And he doesn't have the media scrutiny that he would have here at SC. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're going to tell me that a coach goes, a basketball coach goes from Florida Gulf Coast to USC, it's an automatic. But from Penn State to USC, especially where Penn State is in the world of college football today, to USC where USC currently ranks, I actually think it's a step backwards. Now, if you told me he was making $5 million at Penn State and USC was willing to pay him $10 million, I'd still, I mean, at least the money is, is the reason. But I just don't understand why 
James Franklin would want to go from Penn State to SC. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I just think that, again, it's just easier to win. And if you get SC, like he already, remember, he took Penn State. You know, Bill O'Brien had some moments there, whatever, but it was, you know, it was okay. It wasn't like, I mean, Bill O'Brien gets a lot of credit at the beginning because of what happened with Paterno, mm-hmm. but then the team was just fine. Like, it was okay. It wasn't great. And Franklin has taken that team from just okay to a different stratosphere. But he's always going to be the number two team in that conference, maybe even the number three team in that conference if Michigan ever gets their act together, okay? At the very least, okay, that, that, that's the deal. Um, and as far as notoriety, Penn State is not Michigan either, even though Penn State has had more success than Michigan. Now, if you come to SC, you are at the crown jewel of the Pac-12. I'll buy football. that. You, you don't so have to sell me on that. I'll buy that. You, you've got that, and you've got you've got one team you really have to worry about when what Crystal Ball's building in Oregon, and that's pretty much it. And even that, he's coming here to get your guys. If you can keep your – I mean, not all of them, obviously, because you can't keep all of them. But you can keep the ones that matter here as opposed to going there. You're in good shape. I'm going to tell you, George, um, it will – it'll shock me. And if I'm proven wrong, so be it. I'm – I'm quite accustomed to it, frankly. But I'll be shocked if James Franklin leaves Penn State to go to USC. Shocked. He's got a great thing going there. He's making plenty of money. He's got a recruiting pipeline through Pennsylvania and New Jersey and Ohio, and they hit up South Florida. I mean, he's got a recruiting pipeline there. He's, He's finding tremendous success. Your point about Ohio State is a good one, that they are the machine of the conference. But it's not like he's taking some major step forward. In other words, if this guy from Cincinnati, Luke Fickle, if this guy went from Cincinnati, I don't care how good Cincinnati is. Yeah, but why do you want the Cincinnati coach? No, Cincinnati no, I don't. is not USC. I don't. I don't want him. What I'm about to make this point. Cincinnati is still a stepping stone job. Do you understand? Yeah, and it's correct. not a place where you go, I'm here and I'm here for life. Cincinnati's a stepping stone job. Penn State is not. Penn State is a I can make a legacy for myself kind of job. Yeah. And and I just if I Although if, Bill O'Brien took an NFL job uh, that's and used right. it as a stepping stone. Well, to the NFL, he did. Fair point. But I'm just telling you that in my opinion, Cincinnati is a mid-major and and even if you get them to top 10 in the country, you still have this desire to go to the big time, to the Power 5, to the big conferences, to the to the legendary conferences and those that have you know, the long history of yeah. college football with I, Heisman I, Trophy winners and national champions. Yeah, I, I get it. I, I still don't think it's as good a job as SC because there's a, I, I just I already gave you my reasoning for it. Like, I don't really need to repeat myself for a third time. But, um, look, I, I think James Franklin – I mean, are you – will you at least agree that James Franklin is a good coach and a good oh, candidate yeah. for it? Oh, yeah. really good coach and a really yeah. good candidate. I just yeah. – my only thing is, is I, I think that we overestimate everybody wanting to come to L.A., well, and I, I think- will tell you this. I told you this the other day. I was at that Washington State game, and I talked to SC people, okay? People that are in the know. Yeah. And they told me there is a lot of interest in this job. Oh, a I believe lot. that there's a ton from, of interest. From NFL people, from college people, like, there is a ton of interest in this I job. I concur, and, and you know what? Job. And if Bill Plaschke is agreeing with me, I'm going to take his side over yours. How oh, about that? give me a break. Bill Plaschke doesn't know anything, okay? All I know is, is that I know about Penn State football, and I know you do because you played their rival. Yes, I right. get it. But I, I know that we overestimate 
and we underestimate. We overestimate that everybody wants to be here, and we underestimate how good he's got it there. That's I all think I'm you are underestimating the attraction of playing or coaching the men of Troy. That's what I would say. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, all right, coming up next, uh, Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, yeah, Kuz is saying some things about his time with the Lakers. We'll tell you what that's all about in a few moments. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So down on Cap with you here on 710 ESPN. Was, uh, we've been joking all day today that um, my wife's away this weekend, so I've got uh, the two kids by myself, seven and three, and uh, looking to fill my time. How do I fill my time with them, particularly Saturday? Uh, Sunday, I may have to figure out stuff here at the house. I think I may rope, try to rope in the Trudells if they're available and just do like, hey, let's have some fun with all the kids here at this house. Come on, <laughs> Come on over. You guys should hang out. Come over. Yeah. And don't tell them that Kelly's not there. Oh, no. I mean, I'm pretty sure they'll know uh, because I'm pretty sure that the, I mean, <laughs> Annie and my wife talk all the time. Oh, all right. that, so, I, thought, yeah. I thought it might be more that Mike might be listening this afternoon. No, no. Annie and, and Kelly talk all the time. So it's, uh, it, yeah, that's, that's probably not going to. I'm not. I'm not fooling anybody there. Mm. Uh, but I, what I'm saying, like maybe I can just get Mike to bring the boys. You know, the the twins, and you know, Riggs, the little guy. He's only a year old. You know, he can stay with with Annie. You know, and, you know that way Annie gets the the boys out of the the twins out of her hair for a little bit, and Mike and I can tire them out together. You know, have a few brews. There yeah. you go. Oh, speaking of brews, by the way, let me just make a quick mention about our friends at Coors Light. Look, I've been mentioning all afternoon that I'm going to be at Ohana Fest in uh, Dana Point this weekend. And, yeah, starting tonight, I mean, Coors Light is what I'm going to be drinking uh, all weekend long. So I want to remind everybody that um, you can use this website, Keeping C-A Chill, keepingcachill.com, for your chance to enter all kinds of, and they're, they're giving away great prizes, uh, like limited edition Ray-Ban aviators and exclusive Aviator Nation trucker hats, all kinds of really great hoodies. So visit this website, keepingcachill.com, for your chance to enter and win. Coors Light, Keeping California Chill, and I'll be putting some down this weekend. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. Uh, so real quick, Linz, what did Kyle Kuzma say at uh, Wizards Media Day? Uh, well, we actually, we have the audio from it. Oh, well, this is quick. even better. Yeah, let's yeah. hear that then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, we'll See get you. to it. Just yeah. being, let me know. Um, yeah. You know, wanting to get traded and, and, and being in a, a type of situation where I can, you know, really spread my wings and, and uh, develop at, you know, a certain type of trajectory, um, you know, that I was on to prior. So, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to chuckle right in the middle of all of that. Uh, I want to get onto a trajectory that I was onto prior. Now, I don't know what he said after that, George, but I could take a guess at what he was thinking. Yeah. I mean, basically, he's saying that before LeBron got here, right. that he was the man, yep. you know, that he was getting all the touches, this, that, and the other. But the team stunk. Yep. Yeah. So, so I want to go back to the trajectory of where I was headed prior to LeBron James taking over the Lakers 
and LeBron analyzing my game and ultimately really deciding, you know what? Um, this young guy really can't help us. Not, not this team, not at this time, not who he thinks he is, not who he wants to be, not who we need him to be, et cetera, et cetera. We got to get rid of this guy. And, you know, I know that, that Kyle Kuzma wants to make it seem like, you know, I really wanted out, which maybe he did. Maybe he wanted out. But, I mean, I hope for his sake he becomes the player he thinks he's projected to be. I just got to be honest here, guys. Um, I'm no NBA scout. I know that surprises a lot of people. But I just don't see it. I don't see him becoming a superstar no matter where no. he is. No, he's a nice player. That's what he is. That's a problem, though. You know why? Because he thinks differently of himself, which is okay. I mean, it's great to have you know a lot of confidence and believe that you can be this or that. But from what I've seen out of Kyle Kuzma, I don't believe that he can be a number one for anybody. And I think that he thinks that he well, is Well, he's a not going to be the number one in, in Washington either, though. I realize that. I hope yeah. that he realizes that. Yeah, I mean, that's Bradley Beal's team, at least for now, while he's on that roster. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bradley Beal finished barely, like, I think, a tenth of a point behind Steph Curry or whatever it was for most points, uh, you know, per game this season and was the scoring leader the year before. Mm -hmm. And he yeah. did that with Russell Westbrook on his team. Yeah. I just think that, that Kyle Kuzma always had um, – an attitude, not when I say attitude, I don't want you to misinterpret it as a bad attitude. I think that he had an attitude of I'm way better than what I'm able to show because of the guys that are on this team and the role that I play on this team. I'm so much better than what I am on this team. Go prove it. Good for you. But I don't believe it. Yeah, I, I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player. And I think that he thinks he's a great player. And that's fine. He should think he's a great player. But I, I, I like, if I had to guess mm -hmm. where that team is going to finish this year, and look, I could be completely wrong, right? I, I, I'm not that's always my right. my job. My job is to be completely wrong. Stop stealing um, my if, stuff here. If I were looking at the Eastern Conference, okay, mm -hmm. I would say, I mean, in no particular order, okay, no particular order, I would say... Brooklyn, Milwaukee, clearly 1-2, right? And then some combination after that of Philly, because I don't know what the Simmons thing's going to look like, right? Um, you know, Atlanta, Miami, uh, in that top five. Uh, I would still say Boston is ahead of them. You know, that's six. Uh, I mean, at least six teams for sure that I feel will be better than Washington. And I and maybe even the Knicks, right? Yep. So that's seven. Yep. Um, I, I mean, Indiana had a bad season last year, but I feel like they're better than what they've shown. Charlotte is also a team that's young and up and coming. Um, you know, I think Toronto had the unfortunate situation of having to play in Tampa all last year. They're better than what we saw. And the Bulls made a bunch of moves. So, like, I, I think that Washington is like the third tier of Eastern Conference teams that is in the play-in area, basically. Like, that's where they're at. Well, this is exactly kind of what we were talking about earlier today with Clayton Kershaw, which is, and, and let me make this comparison. I said earlier today that Kershaw should be willing to take less money to stay with the Dodgers so that he could continue winning, you know, with his team. And Kuzma, I would say the exact same thing. He should have been willing to accept his role and be well, on no, a no, winner. But, I mean, he was getting traded no matter what because they well, wanted Well, no, Westbrook. I got it. But but yeah. I think a lot of – I think this is just my own perception that his attitude 
Didn't help. It, right. Like, okay. instead of being a guy who said, okay, LeBron, let me work with you. You're the greatest player of the generation. I had posters of you on my wall when I was in junior high school. What an honor it is to play with you, work with me, teach me, uh, mentor me, um, prepare me for the future when you're not here. Instead of having that kind of an attitude, my perception is that Kyle Kuzma had an attitude like, Puh, I'm just as good as this guy. Maybe I'm even better than this guy. Why am I not playing more? Why am I not scoring more? Give me the ball. I mean, I just, that was my perception of Kuzma. I mean, am I, am I way off here? Um, I don't know if I'd go that far. That seems a little aggressive. But I do think that there was a rub there. I always felt like there was a rub. I think LeBron handled it well um, in public uh, and, partic- and even at games, right? Like, for the most part. But I do think that, you know, LeBron probably wasn't all in on him being there because of what you said. Like, I don't, I, I think you're close. I don't know if I'd go as far as you did with the poo poo poos. Um, but <laughs> I do think that there was a rub there for sure. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So when, when I hear Kyle Kuzma at Media Day, Uh, in Washington, and he talks about how, you know, I want to get back on the trajectory that I was on prior to. Again, I'm not hearing what he said after that, but as soon as that thing was cut off, when he said prior to, I believe that I knew precisely what he was talking about, which was prior to LeBron showing up, I was going to be the star of the Lakers. And once he showed up and I wasn't, I needed to find someplace else, and now that I'm here, I'm about to become the star that I should have been the entire time. And- right, that that you are hearing that correct. I yeah. believe that, yes. Yeah. All right, well, now, good luck to him. Yeah, I, I would agree. Good luck to him as well. You know, I um, there have been a lot of guys that have left LeBron. Very few have been ultra successful. Uh, even Kyrie, who is as talented as anybody he's played with, um, has had a, a ceiling. Some of it has been uh, bad luck, but he hasn't won the ultimate prize again you know uh you know and then there's other guys like you know Dwayne Wade was old already or older or whatever and Chris Bosh had an unfortunate uh you know situation but you know Kevin Love hasn't done very well since either you know um you know but at least Wade and, and Kyrie and, and Bosh had a modicum of success right after LeBron um but there's not a lot of a lot of precedent for guys that have had the ultimate success without him so now, again, depends on what he judges success by. I guess we'll have to wait and see. And maybe it seems like individual statistics, at least initially, are what matter to him um, and him proving himself. But Well, all, all Kyle Kuzma would have to do is ask Matthew Stafford, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a whole bunch of individual statistical success or would you rather have a bunch of team success? And it turns out that Matthew Stafford is having both with the Rams. Yeah. But I think if we talk to Matthew Stafford today and say, what's better, individual stats – like pumping up the numbers but not winning or having less numbers. He doesn't right now. But having less and being part of a winning franchise, and I will tell you 99.9% of the time, because I'm, I'm just putting in that one little tenth that maybe I could be wrong, but in this yeah. case I think I'm 100% right, Matthew Stafford would take winning over individual stats all day, every day. Ay, ay, ay. What a – I mean, it just it never ends, unfortunately. With him. But I wish him luck. I just think it's going to have a tough time there. And he's going to, to your point, look back um, maybe perhaps a little more fondly down the road at this situation. Well, when he did leave, he did say, I'm a Laker for life. And I was like, nah, I don't really think you are. I don't think the Laker organization is going to be like, hey, Kuz is back. Let's celebrate Kuz. I mean, they may do a little video tribute thing for him, you know, but because he won a championship. But, I, you know, that you know, teams do that. So 
But that that's pretty much it. Like, you know, that's my guess. Anyhow, coming up next, everyone's favorite segment, Radio Tinder's coming up in three minutes. Stick around. We're back in a moment. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Linz, what do you got? I love the cheesy circus music that Morales uses at the beginning there. Just want to point that out. All right, so. I like when he says many, many months. Exactly. This is the best part. The best part of the show. Just kidding. All right. So anyways, the New York Mets, which were the first team in MLB history to spend 103 days in first place and finish the year below 500 as they prepare to close out the dreadful 2021 season, the higher ups in the organization are already looking ahead to next year. According to the Wall Street Journal, Mets owner Steve Cohen is planning a massive rebrand of the franchise designed to help attract more casual and prospective fans. In addition to updating the brand design of the team, Cohen plans to introduce, quote, new experience and features at City Field meant to give the Mets more cultural credibility. One of those experiences would be bringing live comedy shows to the ballpark on game days. Uh, do you guys think that this is a smart idea? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? <laughs> why do you need swipe left? Uh, why do you need comedy? You already have it on the field most uh, nights. I mean, you know. <laughs> the jokes write themselves, right? Um, I'll swipe right because I actually think this is a smart idea. Now, whether or not stand-up comedy works, I mean, I, I, I'd be curious to know what the game plan is. But... I think ballparks around the country are trying to find ways to bring in what is hot locally into the ballpark. So the ballpark experience is about entertainment. It's not exclusively about wins or losses with your team. Now, that gets dangerous, by the way. That gets dangerous when people are like, hey, it was really great. The beer was awesome. The food was great. The stadium's awesome. But guess what? The team stinks. Uh, mm-hmm. That only lasts for a, a period of time, you know. You you got to be able to perform on the field. You got to win for people to want to keep coming back. So, but I, I yeah. respect what he's trying to do. I mean, I get it because I know a lot of teams do. You know, especially on weekends, they do the fireworks. People stick around after the game for the fireworks. Sometimes they may have a band playing and maybe even a big concert. But comedy seems like a very weird mix with baseball to me. I get the band thing. I get, you know, the, the fireworks and light shows and stuff like that. But to me, comedy show, it just doesn't make sense with baseball. Yeah, but New York so. City has so many comedy clubs and stand-up comedy. I mean, when I think of great stand-up comedy towns, L.A., San Francisco, New York. And so there are so many comedy clubs in New York City. Again, I'd like to hear a little bit more. Are they going to have a club inside the stadium? Is it going to be pregame comedy, postgame? Are you bored in the middle of the game and you decide you want to go see a comedy show? I mean, I'd like to hear a little bit more about it. Yeah, me too. I think it's more of like a stick around and you'll get a free comedy show. But I don't, again, I don't know. Well, unless they get Chris Rock, it's going to be really hard. Uh, You know, Kevin Hart, you know, Dave Chappelle, you know, they they don't get a, a, a real stadium comic. You know, they just get the average guy who shows up on open mic night on Thursday night. It ain't going to go so well. Hey, isn't Jerry Seinfeld a big Mets fan? Yeah, what's the deal with the Mets and comedy? <laughs> We're going to do comedy at the game. <laughs> it could work with him. We'll, we'll see about that. 
All right, well, sticking in the realm of baseball, the Houston Astros clinched the American League West on Thursday night. At the helm of the team is manager Dusty Baker, one of my personal favorites, by the way. He became the first MLB manager to leave five division titles with five different teams last season, but he's never won a World Series as a manager. The 72-year-old joined the team in the locker room to celebrate, of course, and he shared in the champagne while everyone else drank from, you know, the bottle or cups. Baker had a different idea. He poured champagne into a cleat, which did not appear to be his own, and he drank from the heel. Have you guys ever witnessed or perhaps even taken part in a very bizarre celebration ritual? Swipe left or swipe right, Kaplan? I'm going to have to swipe left and say that I have not participated in any sort of strange uh, celebratory ritual of any kind. Wasn't there a guy, George, a um, an MMA fighter, who, like, after he won the fight, he would drink beer out of a shoe? Tied to Ivasa. He drinks mm-hmm. something called a shoey after. Mm-hmm. He drinks yeah. uh, beer out of the shoes. Right, because then after he drank the beer out of the shoe on the octagon, as the guy's walking back to the locker room, some dude takes off his boot, pours a beer in it, and the fighter takes his boot. Some random dude he doesn't even know. Guy might not have even been wearing socks, may have athlete's foot, you know? Hello. And he drinks the beer right out of that guy's boot. So not the first time I've heard of it, but I can't say I've ever participated in it. George, I, uh, I drank a shoey on uh, on my show with Chael on ESPN+. Plus. That was my shoe, and I'd only worn it like once, but uh, but I still drank it. Oh, we need video of that. How was the, um, how was the shoe afterwards? Uh, it's fine. I just put water in it. I didn't put like beer in it. Just to oh. show that I would drink out of the shoe. I mean, <laughs> we were at the office, so it's not like I could put a beer in it. So it wasn't like a legit shoey. Like- I mean, I still drank out of the damn shoe, though. Yeah, but it wasn't beer, and it wasn't a gross shoe that someone's been. You've only worn it once. I think okay. we need to. Like, well, listen, okay. you know, I'm a lot more bougie than uh, you know, Tai <laughs> Tuivasa. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess so. Chael wouldn't right. do it at all, even out of his own shoe, even if it was new. I think like he wouldn't have done it. So, all right, well, I'll give you a little bit of credit there. I would, I would challenge you guys to do a shoey right now if we were in studio, but alas, we're not. So. I think, I think when we get back in studio, when we have like some kind of a bet going that should be you know you have to drink a beer out of my shoe or i have to drink a beer out of your shoe like loser has to drink it the other way you know yeah i like it i feel like with alcohol too aren't you kind of killing some of the germs right kind of yeah i'm not sure about that i don't know okay all right i mean you'd think maybe you know yeah speaking of losing uh urban meyer is not taking losing very well in jacksonville on thursday night the jaguars blew up the 14 point lead in the second half and ended up losing by three when the Bengals hit a game-winning field goal as time expired after the game a distraught urban meyer rambled on about good guys and good hearts in the locker room and then he forgot to answer the reporter's question here's what it sounded like um, yeah it's heartbreaking that, 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 that's a heartbroken locker room so we got to get them back they get a few days off and then Obviously, get ready for the Titans. Um, we're good people in that locker room, though. So, what happened in the second half? I'm sorry, I can't remember. Uh, did we? My head, my head's spinning right now, so I apologize. Um, sounds like a very, very defeated man. And I want to ask you guys now: after four games, will Urban Meyer still be the Jaguars' head coach week one of next season? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Where will he be when again? Is he going to be the head coach week one of next season? <laughs> um, man, that's a great question. 
I do think he gives it two years, but I think he's going to be miserable for both years. So I'm going to say swipe left. (laughs) I'm going to join George over here on the left. I'm going to swipe left also. I definitely think he'll be the head coach of the Jaguars at game one next year. But the losing is going to be agonizing. And, you know, when you're as arrogant as he appears to be, you believe so much. Hey, so what? The Jaguars stink. Big deal. I'm the guy that's going to turn it around. And then you go and you take the job, and there's this terrible culture of losing, and now you got to start from the whole beginning, and you got a rookie quarterback who may turn into a superstar, maybe. But to, to hear a head coach say last night, my head is spinning. Bro, <laughs> it's a football game. You're a football coach. You knew the organization that you were taking over when you accepted the job. You wanted a new challenge. You wanted big money. You wanted to live in Florida. Okay, you got everything you wanted, but your team stinks. And you know that your Ohio State teams could probably beat this team. Get over it. It's a football game. Act like a professional. He is so annoying to me. You really, really hate Urban Meyer. Yeah, I don't know why. I've just grown to really dislike him over the years. I'm not a big I mean, fan either, so I, you know, I'm with you. I used to love him, like I said, at Ohio State. But I, I said as soon as they hired him to be the coach of the Jaguars, I was like, he's not going to last the whole season. I don't think he'll, he'll make it to the end of the season. I really don't. Well, I he think can he always would... use health as an excuse, exactly. even if it isn't. Exactly. I feel like that's we're, we're, on, we're right on track for that happening around, like, I don't know, week eight maybe, week nine, don't you think? When they're 0-8, 0-9, yeah. and he's like, yeah. you know what? Listen, I, I wanted it. to keep this job, but it's just what it's doing to my physical and my mental – and uh, I can't do this anymore. So see ya. Peace out. That's that's what I think is on the horizon. But you know, that's just me. I think he'll stick yeah. it out. I'm with George. He sticks out one more year. All these guys, if they, you know, because like the name brand guys, like even Saban, lasted two seasons. You know. Yeah, but I think he's finally starting to realize, you know, how much more difficult it is. When oh, but you don't but have it's life. hard to admit that you're a failure like that when yeah. you have that kind of ego. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Let me throw so. this at you guys. We've been talking a lot about USC and their coaching search. Hypothetical. You ready? USC mm. gets a hold of Urban Meyer and says, Urban, we would love for you to take the USC job. Urban's on the other end going, this Jacksonville job sucks, man. Um, I'd love to get back to college football because that's really my sweet spot. Do you think USC would even have interest in Urban Meyer? He's already said no, though. I know what he said, uh, but 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 let give it give it five or six more weeks, a whole bunch more losing. Yeah, his I think they'll gauge his interest. Spin. Why wouldn't they? You know, I think he'd leave. I think he'd leave Jacksonville. Just be like, you know what? I just no. Don't, Trevor I just Lawrence, don't a once takes. in a lifetime quarterback. You got to give that at least two years. We'll see. Yeah. I just I don't know. I just feel like he's not. He's so used to having like the cream of the crop. Of oh, there's the no talent, question that's everything. the case. I mean, he didn't last very long after Tebow left. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I get it. You know. Um, all right, one more. All right, Chloe uh, Kardashian's first good American TV spot. Okay, forget it. Any- Actually, let's just skip that. I don't feel like talking okay. about Chloe Kardashian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm out on the, just too much Kardashian talk this swipe, week. Like, swipe I've left, had enough of that. Left. Well, I thought I'd get it in this week when Laura's not here, so. Yeah, you know, because I know yeah. how much she despises them, but yeah. I, oh, okay. Uh, let, 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 let's just end Radio Tinder uh, on okay. to this the, for today. Uh, we'll All get right. back to it next week, each and every day at five thirty. <laughs> yeah, and let me uh, send a shout out to one of our favorite partners here on Sedano and Cap Coors Light. Yeah, Coors Light keeping Southern California chill. Uh, I was saying all summer long, but pulling into the fall as well. So how about that? Little shout out for Coors Light. There you go. So, all right, coming up next, it is our time. 
for our upset special. Plus, if you're a boxing fan, I got something for you. I don't know if you'll love it, but I definitely got something that's going to be big. We'll get to that. Stick around. 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So we're going to get to our upset special here in a little bit. And don't forget, we got our picks against the spread segment. Uh, at 6.15. Lindsay, you're still doing up the tallies there uh, from last week or no? Yeah, I'm tallying them up right now. Okay, we'll get to that. Uh, Lindsay, I don't think is going to be happy with my upset special, and I'm guessing you uh, people can figure out where I'm going there, but we'll get to that in a sec. But before that, um, it is International Coffee Day today. And if there is a day that is m- less relevant to me than any day on these, ca- on these day calendars, it's this one. Uh, particularly for people who love, you know, there's a lot of people who love coffee. Obviously, there's a reason Starbucks and there's a million coffee houses. I will tell you this. I may have less than five cups of coffee the entire year. Wow. Wow. And and look, I come from a family, you know, I mean, Cuban people love coffee. You know what I'm See, saying? Like, we have sure. our own kind of coffee. Mm-hmm. And it is sacrilegious that I don't love coffee. Just not my thing. I don't need the energy, to be honest with you. And I don't drink a lot of caffeine, period. Um, and when I drink coffee, it's usually I got to be exhausted, like no sleep. And it's like either straight black coffee or espresso. That's pretty much it. No sugar, no cream, no nothing in it. I remember a couple of years ago, the Super Bowl was in Miami. I called you and I said, hey, um, I got my guys. I want to take them to something that's kind of really authentic in Cuban. Where should I go in Miami? And you told me a restaurant. I think it was called Versailles. Does that sound right? Well, that's the most authentic place, yeah, by the yeah. airport, yeah. And there's a coffee shop, like, right out in front of the place. Yeah, a little, know? like, a window, like a coffee right. window. Yeah. So I walk up to the window, and I order, you know, whatever the Cubano coffee right. is. It's, yeah. you know, in a small little shot, like a yeah. shot of espresso. Yeah. Dude, I put this coffee down in a matter of seconds, and immediately I was like, yo, adonde es el baño? Seriously, yeah. like, because yeah. uh, it just, I mean, that's, I think what a lot of people use coffee for, especially in the morning, is, uh, a little movement, you know, yeah. like you yeah. have your coffee. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm ready now. I'll be back in a few minutes. I'm ready to start my day. Un cafecito is uh, is legit. It is uh, it is a real deal. Like there is yeah. no doubt. It is it is as potent as a uh, you know I've ever I, I've ever seen. And I've I've tried. I mean, listen, there was a time in my life where I did drink uh, caffeine, um, and that thing is like gasoline, dude. Totally. But, I yeah. I drink one cup of coffee every single morning. And I used to be the kind of person that would be a Starbucks, not like go to Starbucks and bring it home, but like get Starbucks before I went into the office. I would watch Shark Tank and there's the one guy on Shark Tank. He's kind of obnoxious, but you understand his character. And he's, he goes by the name of Mr. Wonderful. I couldn't tell you the guy's real name in real life, you know? Yeah, I, I, I know who you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, his name and, is like and, Kevin something. Kevin Maybe O'Leary, O'Leary or O'Leary. O'Leary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You it. got it. Okay. I love him. Okay. I like him, too. But he had something, something he said, and it resonated with me, and here, here it was. He said, why would I ever go to Starbucks, and any coffee shop for that matter, why would I ever go there and spend $5 on a cup of coffee when I can make a cup of coffee at home for less than 50 cents? And I started thinking to myself, okay, $5 a day, 
$25 a week, just using the weekdays, $25 a week, $100 a month, $1,200 a year. Why am I doing this to myself? And I completely became a home coffee drinker. So I'm a one cup a morning coffee drinker. I don't know if that qualifies as somebody who has to celebrate International Coffee Day, but that's my story. One cup a day. So, Lindsay, didn't you guys do a bit with Mason about how much money he spends at Starbucks or whatever not that long yeah, ago? Yeah, he, he used to have, like, a really stupid, obnoxiously long order where it was, like, a <laughs> can I? it had, like, 27 variations to it, like a triple espresso venti with no foam, extra cream. I don't know what it was, but it was, like, really, really annoying. And then he would always get, like, his sandwiches there, too. And he spent, like, $17 a day there, I think. Wow. Well, it seemed so like he had a, a routine, lot. like he went yeah. down to the local Starbucks. He picked up. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was like two iced teas because I busted his chops about this, too. He like two like iced tea kind of drinks, a coffee drink and a couple of sandwich drinks. And that was like his food and beverage for the day. And it was like he had his own system. Like, this is what I do. I show up at Starbucks. I get these three drinks. I get these two sandwiches. I go home and that is my food for the day. <laughs> and I just, you know, everybody's got their own idiosyncrasies. And, and May certainly had that one. Now, oh, Christopher believes that Mace, when he gets off the caffeine, is not as uh, potent on the air. He's not as sharp, yeah. Well, I know that he did start making his own coffee at home. I don't know if he still is doing that, but that's, that was, he was just doing that you know, as a money-saving thing because yeah. he realized, wow, $17 a day, that really adds up. I got kind of fancy for a while. Are you ready for this? I was making my coffee in a French press. You guys know what that is? I'm familiar yeah. with it, yeah. Okay. So I never made coffee like this before because when I grew up, my mother and father, they had like a Mr. Coffee machine. You know, the the um, the filter, and then, the, you know, you put in whatever Maxwell House garbage, you know, and, and it just makes coffee. And um, And I got a French press and made my coffee that way for a long time until I finally realized because my father came out to visit he fixed my, um, what are these things with the K-cups? What do what they call those machines? The Keurigs? Keurigs. And he fixed it. And he's like, why don't you use this? I'm like, because it's broken. He's like, well, then why is it sitting here on your countertop? I'm like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I feel guilty. I can't throw it out. He fixed it. And now I'm back into Keurig K-cups. So simple. Nice and easy. Nice. International Yeah, the French day. press is like hardcore, isn't it? Yeah. It was Although, if you do want to buy some coffee and you want to try the crazy Cuban coffee that Kaplan and I were talking about, uh, you know, Gavinha, uh, the Gavinha family, uh, who make coffee, um, they're based right here in, in Vernon, um, just, you know, right near downtown. Um, and they make uh, La Llave, uh, which uh, translates to the key, uh, coffee, which is like hardcore Cuban espresso, like uh, Kaplan was referring to. And they also make the Don Francisco coffee. Uh, you may know Don oh, Francisco from yeah. Sábado Gigante. Remember sure, that, uh, that that show back in the day on Univision that lasted like 30 or 40 years? Um, he has his own brand of coffee, and they make it for him. And they uh, they do a lot of stuff. They actually do the uh, McDonald's. Uh, they have a lot of – they have the uh, contract with McDonald's. Wow. Uh, the McDonald's family. coffee is actually very good. It's people yeah. – you wouldn't well, think – Well, that's what like, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's good. It, I like it's it. It's Gavinha. Gavinha mm-hmm. is the, the Cuban family who is based here in L.A., uh, who has their coffee factory right there in, in Vernon. You guys ever try any of these vitamin-infused coffees? Anybody ever go there? No. I don't no. drink coffee, so you're asking the wrong No, I know. Again. I mean, but I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, it's rhetorical to you, and it's, it's yeah. really to Lindsay. I mean, they've got these now Vita coffees, you know, so they're like, look, you're going to drink coffee. You might as well put a bunch of vitamins into it, and that's how they market it. It's a, uh, it's a vitamin-infused coffee beverage that I yeah. also never really drink. Yeah. I'm uh, not, I- like, a huge coffee person, so, yeah. I'm going to push back the boxing conversation a little bit. 
because I want to get to that. We're running out of time here, but I do want to do our upset special. Alex, if you have some sort of football music, we're going to go back to the football music again at 6.15, so if you want to choose a different one, that's fine. But uh, just so we can do our upset special here, because I know um, that Lindsay's not going to be happy with me. I'm just going to be honest with you. So Uh-oh. my upset special this week is going to be in the NFL ranks, Scott and Linz and Alex. And, uh, you know, right now it is – Cleveland is going to Minnesota. Now, I was in Minnesota last week. I saw them beat Seattle. Uh, The defense for Minnesota the first two weeks had been pretty terrible, but they got some guys back who had been dinged up. Um, They beat Seattle for the first time in the Mike Zimmer era. He had been 0-5 previously. Pete and Russ had been 7-0 against the Vikings in their uh, their only seven opportunities, including the playoffs. And Kirk Cousins has looked really good this season. So I know that he has had struggles against winning teams in the past, but so far this season, um, you know, he, he faced the Seahawks, who I thought they were going to lose to at home, and won. And there is a real home field advantage in Minnesota, having been there for the first time um, in that stadium. That place rocks, man. It is insane, uh, the type of noise that you hear in that place. So I, I think, look, Cleveland's played very well. But I think losing at in the on the road in the NFL is not anything to be shamed about or ashamed about. And I think Minnesota has kind of righted the ship a little bit with their injuries on defense specifically. Their offense has been good. Cook is going to play uh, in this one. Uh, I like Minnesota in my upset special. They are two-point underdogs at home. Take the home dog, Minnesota, against the Browns, who are also the dogs, right, but different kind of dogs in this case. I actually love this pick. Um, I wouldn't have picked it myself, and here's why. Only because Kirk Cousins is really, really good. If he has time and he has a clean pocket, he's, he's as good as anybody in the NFL as a quarterback picking people apart, picking defenses apart. Smart, got a good arm, been around a long time. Um, so I love you picking the home dog, but I really think Cleveland, with their defense and their pass rush, will make him very uncomfortable. And if you're Cleveland, just by the way, George, this is a game you got to win because you're going on the road next week because next week the Browns will be at SoFi Stadium. I mean, I expect it to be all orange when they take on the Chargers, but nonetheless, they got to schlep Cleveland to Minnesota, not yeah. that bad. Cleveland to L.A., right. so I like the pick. All right, we got 90 seconds here, Cap, so make your upset special. All right, here's my upset special. I don't think you're going to like it, but here it goes. And by the way, I'm staying away from college football because all you UCLA fans last week when I picked Stanford and when UCLA won, you guys got so butthurt. Relax. Here goes. The Lions plus three against Chicago. After what I saw Cleveland's defense do last week to Justin Fields and that horrendous Chicago Bears offensive line, and I saw the Lions, who lost against Baltimore on a miracle 66-yard field goal, the longest of all time in NFL history, I think the Lions are right there. I'll take the Lions plus the three against the Chicago Bears, Jared Goff's first win in a Lions uniform. Okay, fair enough. There it is. Those are our upset specials. Coming up next, oh, man, we've got tons of stuff for you when it comes to the Dodgers. It could be a moment to remember tonight. We'll explain why. Stick around. Don't go anywhere. Plus, the big boxing story that I want to get to, we'll have that for you as well here on 710 ESPN.